This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c Welcome to Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, where each week I answer your questions. Hi, Dr. Mona. My name is Divya, and um, I have a son who is two years old. He's almost 28 months. And something that we struggle with every day is brushing teeth in the morning and the evening. Um, I've tried multiple strategies, like, you know, trying to make it fun, singing songs, um, but sometimes I just end up holding, we have to hold him down and get him to brush his teeth, but I'm afraid that that's going to kind of scar him, and in the future, he won't in, he won't want to brush his teeth and, you know, it'll lead to cavities and things like that. And I guess I'm really concerned more because I have cavities, and I'm afraid that he'll end up getting them because I've heard they're, um, they can be hereditary. Um, I'm not sure if that's true, but I'm wondering if you could share um, strategies on how to uh, get kids to brush their teeth. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Good morning. And thank you so much for this question, Divya. I'm sure people who are listening have either been in your shoes, will be in your shoes, and it can really attest to that drama that can happen with brushing our child's teeth. I hear that you've already tried a few different things. One of them is making it fun, you know, singing songs. And the tips that I'm going to go over are multiple tips to kind of put together to find what works best for you and your child. But I want to rewind and kind of talk about the concern parents have with traumatizing their child with teeth brushing or making them hate it for the rest of their life. Your child is not going to hate brushing their teeth for the rest of their life, I assure you. And I think we have to really reword the way we use trauma. I think, you know, trauma is kind of thrown around there a lot, like traumatizing, traumatizing. Your child is doing something that is needed for their hygiene, and that's brushing their teeth. That's not traumatizing. When we do something for our child's health or safety, it's not traumatizing. What is traumatizing or trauma would be dropping your child into the middle of a street and saying, okay, fend for yourself, try to cross the street without me, right? Or dropping them into a jungle and saying, okay, you deal with it. That is not modern day health and safety. No, you are doing something with your child that is important for their health and safety, which is in the situation, brushing their teeth. For example, when a child gets a vaccine, we don't want to create a big production around it and say, okay, okay, stop yelling, stop screaming. Okay, you know, bribery, all of this. We just want to make it Matter of fact that this is happening, we want to control our tone. You are adding music in there, which is important because that can really control the nonverbal cues that we give off to our child when we're nervous, when they get nervous. So if our child is upset with brushing, we can sometimes get upset with brushing too, right? We can get a little stressed and 
sometimes that comes off for the child as well. So singing songs can really help where they are not feeling like this is an overwhelming experience. But of course, it's not always going to be the one thing that works. So I actually talk about something called the independence and intervention parenting principle in episode 113 of this podcast. And I mention brushing teeth as one of the examples. From the moment you start brushing, I want you to allow the child to do it first and then you follow it up. So your child's already two. You can still allow him to do that. So you are going to say, okay, it's brushing time. We are going to brush our teeth. You can have them choose which brush. So if this means having them come with you to the store to select the brush, they can play with the brush. They can brush your teeth. You can brush theirs. But I want them to feel like they have some control over the situation, especially when you have a toddler who is refusing brushing, they are likely doing it because they want to do what they want to do. You know this. If a toddler wants you to sit somewhere, you're going to sit there. They want to do what they want. And if they don't want to brush, they're going to make it known that they do not want to brush. But your job as a parent is to make this matter of fact. I see that you don't want to brush your teeth. Your options are we are going to use this toothbrush or this toothbrush. Which brush do you want to use? There's no option not to brush the teeth, correct? So you have to make it that this is what we're doing. I see that you don't love it. Here are your options. Do you want to brush in my room or in your bathroom? Do you want to use this brush or this brush? Do you want to use this training toothpaste or this toothpaste, right? You can give them options, but in the end, the brushing needs to happen. If they get upset and whine and complain and you don't let the brushing happen, then we have confirmed with them that yes, they are in control over this boundary. Remember, this is a healthy, safe boundary we have created. It's not like you're doing anything out of the ordinary that needs to happen for their teeth safety. So remember that because that mentality, I think, is important when we feel like, oh, my gosh, they don't want to do this. And I'm going to have to give them a big hug and hold them and finish up the job. Sometimes that's going to need to happen. My son, Ryan, he's two, a little over two at the time of this recording. Even now, he'll do his own brushing, but I have to finish it up and I'll sing to him while I finish it up. And sometimes he'll go, no more, no more. And I'm like, we're almost done. You're doing a great job. And even though I'm holding him in a hug hole, in a hug hole that's actually kind of firm, I'm talking him through it. I'm verbalizing with him that this is what I'm doing. You're doing a wonderful job. I'm really proud of what you're doing here so that it's not this scary, traumatizing experience. A traumatizing experience is really not with toothbrushing, but something that is more forceful, in my opinion, would be yelling at them, pinning them down with yelling, right? Yelling and saying, "Okay, well, you're not brushing your teeth, so I'm going to pin you down and it's going to get done. You don't have to do it like that. You can tell them, "Okay, so I brushed your teeth. Now I'm alone, so I have to finish brushing your teeth. So I'm going to lay you down and I'm going to finish up. Right. See the difference there. One way you're yelling and you're angry and you're like threatening them. The other way you're making it matter of fact that I see that you're upset. This needs to happen. I'm going to finish up and you're doing a wonderful job here. Remember, this is part of our hygiene. So you can't just stop doing it because they don't want to do it. But give him some space first. For a couple days, you can see how he does, right? Give him some autonomy. See how he brushes his teeth. If he obviously doesn't do a great job, because we know that a two-year-old is not going to do a great job, even if they like to brush their teeth, because they don't have the manual dexterity to do so, then you're going to say, hey, I really noticed that you were brushing your teeth really well, and you're doing such a great job. I'm going to finish up so that we can get nice, clean teeth so that we don't get any cavities. And that is what you can tell them so that they know and recognize that, wow, I did something on my own. I brushed my teeth and now mommy's going to help me. So you can try that as well. 
As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood explains in your podcast app that's understood explains warmer sunnier days are calling fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto factors fresh never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust i absolutely love the spicy jalapeno lime cheddar chicken and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne and Brie and we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down or if you've fallen into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Now, after you allow some autonomy, yes, you have to help them by finishing up. Now, in this situation, if your child's very upset, you have to make sure that you're verbalizing with them that you recognize that they're upset. I see that you do not like me brushing your teeth. I recognize it. But brushing teeth is very important and I'm going to help finish it up and then we're going to get a big kiss or we're going to go play with our toys and you can also even distract them and say okay what toy do you want to play with after do you want to play with this or that what book do you want to read after right so you're allowing them some choice after this experience 
Remember that if you're solo, you can lay them down in your lap with your legs over their arms and their head is going to be in their lap. Um, basically, you guys are parallel to each other and you're going to lift up the lip and then you're going to um, brush, 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 and you're going to talk to them the whole time. When Ryan was a tabby, a toddler baby, this is how we had to finish up the brushing, right? Because he wasn't old enough to stand still on a stool for quite some time. So I had to lay him down and I was alone brushing. So I would lay him down on the bed. I would put my legs gently over his arm so that he can't grab. And I would then be able to have his head in my lap. So we're both facing parallel, like going down a log ride, if you will. And then I would brush his teeth. He would sometimes cry. Of course he would, right? Because he doesn't want to do this activity. But I would continue to talk to him. And I would say, I know you don't like brushing your teeth. I'm almost done. We're almost done. And I just kept that pattern going. One day with that pattern of allowing him to brush first and then me brushing after, he finally clicked that this is not such a scary thing and it's something we have to do. And as he got older, we made it that there was some choice. Okay, do you want to brush in my bathroom or do you want to brush in your bathroom? And he got to choose which brush. And I'll get into some more tips to kind of help facilitate that desire to want to brush the teeth, okay? Because we talked about what you can do with your child in this situation, but I want to give more general tips. So again, don't fear the tears. Remember, our kids crying doesn't mean it's bad. It means that we're going to talk them through it and this is something that needs to happen. As a parent, you have to decide what your boundary, what your goal, what your decision is, and then you have to stick with it. You can't let their tears dictate what you do. So if they start crying, like I mentioned, and then you stop brushing their teeth, right, because you're like, fine, 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 they're too upset, you have now reaffirmed to them that, Okay, brushing doesn't need to happen. I hear people can say the flip side, well, my child is showing me that this is something uncomfortable for them. This is different. This is toothbrushing. We have to brush our teeth. This is part of our life, right? This isn't, again, something that's traumatizing. It's different, again, if they're in the middle of a street or you're forcing them into this awful situation that has no purpose for their health correct? Same thing with vaccine. If every time a child cried when we gave vaccines, if we were upset and said, okay, you don't have to get the vaccine, then they wouldn't be protected against life-threatening illnesses, right? So the goal here is you want to create autonomy. The goal here is you have to normalize that this is happening. Don't sneak attack them, right? Don't say, okay, well, here we go. That's why I want you to have that autonomy piece. Allow them to either chew on a toothbrush or allow them to have, you know, just the smear of toothpaste that they start to go first, and then you're finishing off. You have to be calm and walk them through it, even if they're upset. They will come around, but allow the autonomy or the independence and intervention first, and then you're going to walk them through it. The other example I use is if we're giving our child stitches. Like I remember when I had stitches when I was five years old, I remember laying on the bed and crying Even though it was numb, I just was crying because I didn't want to be on the table. And I actually remember how calm my mom was. And the whole time she was calm, and I I have, this is actually my first vivid memory. And I actually really appreciate that she was calm because even though I was scared in that moment, having a mother who was probably internally like screaming, who was extremely calm, when I look back, I actually say, oh yeah, that was something that just needed to happen. I didn't have a mom who was flustered, yelling at the doctor, screaming, screaming. No, she was like, okay, Mona, I know you don't like this. You're doing a wonderful job. And that is kind of the example I'm giving here is that this needs to happen, right? Stitches needed to happen. Brushing needs to happen. But you're going to walk them through it calmly as possible. So if you can get in that mentality, you're going to see that you're going to find that it's going to become so much more matter of fact in the routine of your household 
And brushing teeth is something that it just has to happen. So that is the second tip is that make it matter of fact. So number one was don't fear the tears. Number two is make it matter of fact. Another tip is make it a routine. Don't avoid it because you're afraid of them or you're afraid of their cries, right? You should make it a part of the routine, just like we eat meals and snacks and whatever, so that they understand and normalize that this is part of our life. So after the breakfast or whenever you do it in the morning, before we go to bed, it is part of the routine every night. And it does not have to be that it's a perfect two minute session every single time. So normalize that we are going to do it and expose them to the activity. And that is the win versus them completing a two minute of independent brushing, because that's not the goal here. The goal is that they are exposed to it. The goal is that we can follow up with them and that we're going to help them. And that is what the goal should be. Number four is make it fun and you are already doing that but here are some other tips okay so take turns they can brush your teeth maybe just put like some toothpaste on a brush or just fake brush your teeth and then you're gonna brush theirs face a mirror together so rather than being in the room obviously you have to be in front of a sink um, if they're a toddler especially that's able to stand on a step stool so they can see themselves you're going to brush your teeth while facing the mirror and they're going to see the reflection and then dance around. I've shared this on my social media. This is ways that they can normalize that This is something that needs to happen and you can use in that intervention piece that you're allowing them to do this first. Other tips is use a stuffed animal. So get a stuffed animal and brush the teeth and also say, we're brushing your dolly's teeth because it keeps their teeth nice and healthy so that they can eat whatever they want. And this is why we're doing this. And if that's something that is good for your child, you can do that. Singing songs, like I mentioned earlier, helps lighten the mood so that it feels less dreadful. This should not have to be dreadful. And that's also something I really recommend because it can control our tone and our nonverbal cues of stress when our child is yelling during an experience. So, of course, when our child is upset during brushing, it makes us feel like, oh, my gosh, well, I'm going to stop this. But singing while you follow up, which is what I do, too, and it, it lightens the mood and helps them understand that this is nothing dreadful. You are going to finish it up again. Matter of fact, and we're going to be done with this. Another thing is talk about your day. So don't brush in silence. Talk about a funny story that happened during that day. You know, they obviously can't talk because they're brushing, but just make it more like almost like during mealtimes, how we make things kind of matter of fact and less stressful. We are just making this happen. This is part of our routine. And this can really help in the long run for them to get that picture that, oh, this is something that just needs to happen. And it's not something that mommy or daddy or my other caregiver is being so upset about. This is just something that needs to happen. Again, if it's a toddler, give them two choices. So we are brushing here versus we are brushing here. Where would you like to brush? Which song do you want to sing? This power of choice is the fifth and final tip. Power of choice is very important for toddlers because of that desire to have their autonomy. They want to do what they want to do. So by allowing them to have choice, we are giving them some control when we are obviously in control of the final thing, which is brushing. So I really want you to trial these tips. Now, of course, please make sure you go to your regular dental visits, which should be every six months because they can look at the cavity formation. Um, I would recommend in your situation that you should be using a fluoride toothpaste because you have a history of cavities. Um, that's very important, but talk to your dentist for further guidance. You are just going to use a smear because your child's probably two and not spitting it. Once they spit, then you can go to a pea size amount um, once, you've, once you've taught them how to spit um, the toothpaste. But I want you to try these tips and remember, don't fear the tears. Number two, make it matter of fact. 
Number three, make it part of the routine. Number four, make it fun. And number five, give them power of choice in some control of the brushing experience. Thank you for tuning in today. If you find this series helpful or any of my content helpful, please make sure to share it on your social media channel because that is how other people can find this resource. So thank you so much for joining us and I will talk to you next week. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.